Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft News Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. It's time for us to do baby big boys. So we are going to dive into the five best rookies that we've watched so far in the NFL season. It's early, but these will be the guys that have stood out to us. Kyle, let's do this. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Favorite week or favorite show of the week. I love ranking things. That's why I'm a draft guy. has nothing to do with the love of football, really. It's just the most prominent thing out there for ranking objects or people. Is that true? It kind of came out on the cuff, and I'm trying to think as I'm saying that, is that a lie? I do it all the time. Everything I do, I rank. So, I mean. But, like, what's a profession? What's a profession? For ranking things? Yeah. I don't know. I think this is probably this is the pinnacle of a ranking. Scream the crop, baby. Yeah, man. That's what we do. We rank stuff. Yeah, it's fun. What's better than this? As they say, as a great man once said, Joe Marino, what's better than this? I wonder if people do that, like, you know, just randomly when they're listening to the show or after, just randomly shoot it out, see how they sound. I don't know. If you do that, or let even me like, know. I want to hear about it. Or even incorporate like it into their daily conversations, right? Yeah. Like maybe maybe they're they're with some friends of theirs that don't listen to the show. And if you're a listener to the show and you share our catchphrase that we've borrowed from several other outlets with your friends and they don't listen to the show and you don't tell them to listen to the show, we're gonna fight. Okay. If you are are helping to spread the what's better than this mantra, you got to tell folks about the podcast. You're like morally obligated to give us a little love in those day-to-day conversations. Yeah. If you want to be a guy being dude, that's all, you know. If otherwise that's true. then yeah. Or or a dudette, right? Like we've dude, got are great. You were Two just on this. Yeah. <laughs> you were just on Instagram live with one of our all-time great dudettes, Paige Demacos, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, did you, I, what I was told with your you hat, that. by the way? Uh, you know, I was hoping that Paige would pick up on that. That is, uh, that is actually like a replica, or not replica, kind of a knockoff of the old Chicago White Sox. Uh, yeah, I noticed uniforms. that, but it's Charlotte. So I know. So the, there's, it makes sense. The Charlotte Knights are the farm team for the Chicago White Sox, the AAA oh, affiliate. Yeah, and so nice. they they broke those out this year, and I you know I go to a game from time to time. I saw them. I said, I got to get one of those hats. So I did. So I was hoping, you know, I, I put it on and then I forgot that I had it on. And so unfortunately it didn't come up, but, um, so what'd you call me out on you little two faced son of a gun? No, I, I, well, here I am telling you to your face. You could have watched it. Uh, I basically said that I need you on next week's show because we need the two divas, the two draft network divas on an IG live together. And so I'm here for it next Wednesday. If you're available. Well, Paige is a lovely woman. So it'd be a pleasure. Yeah. To get on and diva it up with Paige Demacos. Paige, you can count me in if you're listening at all. 
There it is. Booked. Next Wednesday, 12.30. Every 12.30 on the Instagram. Boom. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, get on there. Do it. All right, so speaking of do it, we got baby big boards today, Joe. Yep. We don't have anything else planned, so we're going to try and invest some time in this conversation and make this thing last and make sure the people enjoy the baby big board segment today. But I have a bone to pick with you, and I'm definitely going to air this out in the public. Uh, You know exactly where I'm going. No, I don't. I don't know what this is going to be. I'm excited. It has to do with the topic of conversation on today's show. Okay. So we have a Slack channel, everybody at the Draft Network. And if you're not familiar with Slack, it's like Twitter DMs, but you can search things and save files and you know, you can do group chains, you can message people within your your own channel one on one. And I messaged Joe at about ten o'clock this morning. Said, Hey, <laughs> here's an idea for a show. No response. We get to about fifteen minutes before kickoff. And I say, Okay, we doing this? And Joe says, Holy cow, I've only got ten minutes to come up with that. And I don't wanna I don't wanna say what it is because we're gonna break back eventually. But I had spent all day really stewing over collecting my names for the list. And then Joe calls an audible with three seconds left on the play clock and expects us to get back into formation before he snaps the ball. And we scored a touchdown. Well, I mean, we do score a touchdown, but that's not the point. Point is clock management, sir. Well, I guess I have to give an honest rebuttal, right? I, mean, dude. I, I didn't take your topic seriously. I thought it was something futuristic. I didn't realize it was your idea for today's show. And so I was like, okay, cool. That's great. I mean, and but I suggested it on the day that we record that show concept. I know, Kyle. It's a little bit of a fumble on my behalf. And I, I don't know, man. That's that's a tailor-made Kyle Krabs show concept. So um, I'm sorry. Of course it is. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I, I felt a little underprepared for it, so... That's all right. We want to do it do justice. So here we are. So with one second left on the play clock, yeah, we're going to go ahead and dig in. Joe, uh, top five rookies we have watched through the first two weeks of the 2018 NFL season. Drum roll, please. Yeah, we got to decide who goes first, but we need to have something cool, right? Like whichever – team if the dolphins win you get to pick like something something creative like that i mean the dolphins are two and oh and in first place all right so well then you're gonna go for, you're gonna first every week I, that's not a bad idea but okay do you want me to How go about first i get I, <laughs> I get to pick who goes first if the and dolphins i'm gonna go win, then, okay. no 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 whoever is higher in the standings oh geez you're gonna go first forever you're gonna have the r.i.p r.i.p really joe care. I'm going first this week. Can I do a quick disclaimer? Yeah, go ahead. So this is uh, with the five best rookies that we've seen. I, I'm going to hear. I'm here to admit to you that I haven't watched all 32 NFL games that have happened this year. Probably 20 something of them, but not all of them. So if I if you're pissed because I didn't mention somebody that you think on your favorite team should be in this list, these are the ones that I've seen. Okay. Well. May we begin? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, number five on my list, controversial selection, apparently. New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley. 
fifth best rookie I've watched so far this year. Reason being, Saquon's created a lot of stuff on his own. He's made the first guy miss a ton. And as such, he's been as advertised. I've appreciated to or I've appreciated seeing him in space at his size in the NFL continuing to just blow those guys away. The the guy that has the first challenge on Saquon Barkley has not been successful and consistent wrangling him down. And that to me is a big step in the right direction for Saquon. So obviously 14 catches, 80 yards, whatever it was in week two with only 28 rushing yards, that's disappointing. But at the same time, he had the big run, explosive run against Jacksonville. He's been very slippery. He's created a lot of yardage for himself. I've been just fine with what I've seen from Saquon Barkley thus far. Yeah, traits have all been there, man. There's no question. Uh, the production's going to get there. All right, so for me at number five, I have Seattle Seahawks tight end Will Disley. I wrote about him on Wednesday for the Draft Network, and uh, this is a guy, man, that was a blocking specialist through and through. And, you know, he kind of got on the radar when Mike Mayock put him there. He put out his original draft rankings February 15th, and at number five on the tight end list was Will Disley. And I remember the stir that it caused. We're all scrambled. Who's this guy, right? So get, you get the tape on and you see that this guy can block, right? That's very apparent, but he's very little used as a receiver. Caught like 25 passes in 27 career games at tight end for Washington. He started playing tight end in 2016. The previous two years, he was a reserve defensive lineman. Uh, so he goes in the fourth round of the uh, draft. And he didn't test well either, Kyle. He was like a very like below average athlete. Big, 6'3", or 6'4", 265 but he tested kind of like around the 20 percentile in all of his athletic testing. So you're like not really sure this guy's going to be a receiver, right? Well, all that Will Disley did was was became the uh, first tight end in NFL history to have 100 yards and a touchdown in their NFL debut. Since then, he's caught six balls for 147 yards and two touchdowns. So he's got a touchdown in both games. And I took a deep dive into his film, and I'm seeing a lot of nuance from him in terms of how he's winning as a receiver showing really good hands. He's competing after the catch and creating a lot of yards. He's running routes with good timing. He's working to sell those breaks. And, of course, he's that good blocker that we knew he would be. So Disley has becoming like a complete tight end right before I, right before our eyes, a pretty magical transition considering you know where he came from and what his skill set is. So I'm really, really impressed with him through the first two games of the year. Yeah, of course. Like – Hat tip to Mike Mayock for nailing this one down, right? He seems like he's got one of those guys every every year. You know, it'd be a fun show concept, Joe, if we like went through our own individual rankings and identified like big hits of ours that maybe like weren't first round picks or something. Such a good idea. Spoiler alert. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about on this show. So we're coming back to it. Well, maybe, maybe we'll do it next week. Uh, number four for me, Denzel Ward, cornerback, Cleveland Browns. I'm just glad he listened to Coach Williams on how to tackle so he could stay on the field. Uh, two interceptions in week one, um, certainly showing some of those same ball hawk qualities and tendencies that made him such an attractive prospect at Ohio State. And Cleveland's needed him. And, and Cleveland has played good defense the first two weeks. 
of this season. And uh, Denzel Ward being a key piece of that as a top five pick. Obviously, anytime you're investing a draft selection that high, you want to get a certain level of return. Your expectation is you're going to get a day one impact player. And so far, so good for Denzel Ward. I've been pleasantly surprised about how seamless this transmission has been for him. Never had a question mentally uh, if he was able to kind of pick up on that and handle that. It was it was really from a physicality standpoint. And obviously, you get a little nervous when you see him get shook up in the preseason. But uh, first two weeks have been a, a nice start for him, and it shows what he can be when he's at his best, and he's only going to get better. Yeah, all right. So this is going to be fun because I can already tell we're going to have a lot of differences on our top fives here. Uh, for me at number four, I've got Cincinnati Bengals. My Bengals, Kyle. The 2-0 Bengals. Safety, Jesse Bates. Uh, he was a second-round pick, number 54 overall for the Bengals. And uh, I know both you and I loved him coming out of college, out of Wake. And you saw a guy that was a big-time center fielder, a guy with ball skills, range, super aware in coverage, can do stuff in man, work those deep zones, and be that true center fielder. And, man, he's been that for the Bengals. And, uh, the, you know, the thing that's most encouraging for me with Jesse Bates is I think the concern a lot of people had was just his level of physicality and consistency as a tackler. Well, he's got 11 tackles through two games, and they're all solo tackles. He hasn't missed any. I've watched every every rep that he's played. He's really done well to come down uh, downhill and uh, shows good hitting power and coming to balance and, and making sure that he's wrapping up securely. Uh, the range has been there. He's really done a good job of, of – taking good angles to the football and processing quickly and getting to his landmarks so he can get vo- get involved with finishing and, and obviously the spacing and the, and the coverage uh, ability that he has uh, shown in college is, is translating beautifully to the NFL. When they released George Loca and, and uh, moved on from him after he was just one of the fixtures of that team for like the last five years and, and Jesse Bates assumed that starting role, we should have saw the writing on the wall. This guy's a good player, man, and he's been one of the best I've seen so far this year in terms of rookie. Joe, my number three, Sam Darnold, quarterback, New York Jets. I don't necessarily want to say that he had hollow numbers in week one, but he didn't quarterback to the degree that was going to yield you 50-plus points, which is what the Jets ended up hanging on the Detroit Lions and uh, obviously got to see him up close and personal watching him play hashtag my Dolphins in week two. And I want to give Sam credit. Sam had really, really tough first quarter, yards hard, hard to come by. He settled into that game. And lo and behold, you know, you get into a two-minute situation. Darnold starts to move the offense. He falls into a rhythm for the second half. They couldn't close drives. There were a lot of easy, simple mistakes that the Jets ended up making that cost them points throughout the course of the football game. But you have to think that's going to get better. So if I'm a New York Jets fan and I, I watch what Sam Darnold has done over the course of the first two weeks, I feel good because he's come in. He's been a plug-in starter from week one, and he's moved the offense. He's been efficient. He had some turnovers, some miscommunications, but by and large, Sam Darnold has played good football to get himself started here in the NFL, Joe. All right. I don't have any of your three so far on my list. So Not great. Fun. Well, we're just seeing different things. Neither one of us is wrong, right? I mean, this is our opinion. All right. Number three for me, Fred Warner, linebacker, San Francisco 49ers. He was a third round pick, number 70 overall. And uh, he was a day one starter for them on the second level in, the, in a spot where, man, they really needed him to be something quick. 
uh, with Reuben Foster out, the injury to Malcolm Smith, and, uh, you know, just they needed a guy, and he stepped in beautifully. You think about him at BYU, right? He mostly served as an edge defender, overhang-type defender, and now he's playing in a true off-ball role, and he looks natural. He is seeing things quick. He's reading his keys quickly, and he's attacking downhill and making plays. He's got, uh, let's see here, uh, 19, 22 tackles in two games, forced a fumble, got his hand on a football, a couple tackles for loss. So uh, he looks like a field general out there for the 49ers. Reuben Foster's back, man. And so now you've got Warner and Foster on the second level, and I'm really excited about uh, this pair of linebackers moving forward. Yeah, San Francisco's got to be thrilled to see him coming back. That's going to be a big, big boost to get him next to Warner and Warner playing as well as he had. It's a great brand win for us both being fans of Fred. Can you say that five times fast for me, Joe? Fans of Fred, fans fans of of Fred, fans of Fred, fans of Fred. Franza? Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to get all the way through that. It was actually going to be disappointing. Uh, My number two. Miami Dolphins safety Minka Fitzpatrick. He's been a game changer for Miami. Uh, He's tackled extremely well. Each of the first two games, he has been instinctive. He's identified plays and attacked the football and gotten up into the flats and protected the boundary. And he's played man-to-man coverage down the field. And it's just been a breath of fresh air for a team that has not had good space athletes for such a long time. And, uh, Minka being a little bit of a do-everything kind of guy, uh, it's been exciting to watch as a fan, but also somebody who rated him in my top 10 on my draft board uh, and seeing him have the kind of day one impact that he has, as I talked about with Denzel Ward, that's exactly what you want to see. So, uh, so far so good for Minka Fitzpatrick being as advertised as – you know, this super cerebral, versatile chess piece. And I want to give credit to Miami to play him in the nickel as frequently as they have. They've made the most of him in his versatility. Uh, What is that? Four quarterbacks, Saquon, Bradley, Chubb, Ward, all of those guys, man, pushed a blue chip talent down to the Miami Dolphins. What at yeah. number eleven and just snatched him up, yeah. man. That's that was a that was a friggin' robbery act by the Dolphins. I want to say something about Fitzpatrick. He's not on my list, and the reason why is because I haven't watched any of the Dolphins this year. So, uh, Kyle, don't be mad at me. I just haven't seen him. But no, I it's okay. I understand. I understand. All right, uh, for me, this is number two, right? Number two overall. Uh, I've got Philip Lindsay, the undrafted free agent running back. From the Denver Broncos, he's a pocket rocket, man. He's like 5'8", 184 pounds, and all he's done is become the first undrafted free agent running back to uh, get 100 yards from scrimmage in each of his first two games. And what's really remarkable about him is that he's got 178 rushing yards. 112 of those have come after contact. It doesn't even make sense, man. He's got that, I guess, that low center of gravity, and he's just he's working off tackles and finding space. And so – him and Royce Freeman have been a good pair so far, both rookies. But, man, this, this pocket rocket back, Philip Lindsay, who, you know, we kind of discounted because he was a small guy from Colorado and, and he had great speed and all that type of stuff. But you just don't really envision guys of this stature producing. Well, I don't know if that's going to continue, right? It's a, it's a long season. He's got a small frame. But for now, he's been one of the most productive uh, running backs in the entire NFL, not just among rookies. Joe, my number one. Drum roll, please. 
this is where we're going to have the mutuality. It's Derwin James. Yes, it is. It's Derwin James. And uh, Derwin and Chargers. I mean, we talk about Minka being a steal at 11. Derwin at 17 or 6, it was 17. 17. Man. Talk about all the strengths and weaknesses that were there with with Minka Fitzpatrick. Derwin James is a more dynamic athlete, and he can fill every single role that Minka Fitzpatrick can as well. So uh, while I did have Minka higher on my personal board due to production and experience for two guys that had both had elite tape and were almost identical in their film scores, uh, Derwin was a first-round grade for me, a solid first-round grade, and uh, he has been huge for the Chargers. And, Joe, I know you've firsthand seen that impact with his ability <laughs> against Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it was like the third play of the game. He uh, he lines up on the uh, second level, shoots inside Logan Thomas, and, and tackles Josh Allen at the mesh point before he can dish it off to LaShawn McCoy. And I'm like, oh, man. We got a guy with a true nose for the football, and then he's making tackles in space. He's carrying tight ends into space, uh, down the field vertically, uh, in-man coverage. He's lining up in single-high looks, playing in the box. I mean, they are just allowing him to uh, do everything, and he's doing it well. I mean, he's he's flying around, and he's just so natural, man. He, it, the game's just second nature to him. He's such a natural football player, and he's a, he's a physical dude with athletic ability. He's going to be one of those special safeties for a long time and we're seeing it right away. He's already got a couple of sacks, three pass deflections and uh, uh, the lineage of good safeties uh, for the chargers continues, right? Rodney Harrison, Eric Weddle. Well, now we've got Derwin James and he's going to be a problem for the NFC or the AFC West for a long time. Joe, I'm glad we could come to a mutual agreement to wrap up this show. It's always good when we, we end things on the same page, especially after scout versus scout on Wednesdays where we butt heads a little bit. But we're in a nice, harmonious mood going into Friday, which is a good feeling. we got a great weekend ahead of us of college football. Make sure you follow along. We'll be back again tomorrow with the Super Show. Hit that subscribe button. Follow along with the Draft Dudes, please. Uh, we promise we will not disappoint. Uh, reach out to us on social media. Tell us who you're watching this weekend. Uh, you can reach us. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at Grinding the Tape. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.